episode of the Drunken Towers podcast brought to you by distillunion.com, a design company designing things to make daily life easier. From wallets to sunglasses to phone cases, just scratching the surface. Go to distillunion.com and use the promo code DRUNKEN for a 15% discount. That was good. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again, as everyone's favorite guest, the Reverend Duncan Trussell, joins us again for a wild conversation that will surely boggle the minds of future generations, including the awakening from the dream of superstition, the new currency of follows, retweets, and likes, Pronoia, interdimensional fireflies, and letting the whole world know that the revolution has begun and the third eyes are opening now. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Across from me is Daniele Bolelli, lucky me, but it's another Duncan Trussell interview. Mr. Duncan Trussell today. This is actually a double release. This uh, same episode will be released uh, on our podcast and on the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. I know which one I would listen to. Of course. Fuck Duncan Trussell. <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> No, that guy is awesome, but it's like lately Savannah's been on a Duncan Trussell kick, so every other second I walk into the house and I hear, it is I, Duncan Trussell. And like, again, I mean, all of his stuff is fucking hilarious, but one of my favorite things ever is the three-hour compilation that somebody made of like all of his short design t-shirt ads. I mean, I kid you not, it's like, I get the testicle fur of kittens carefully twined into an incredible, almost light, yeah it's genius i spent 10 minutes listening right because it's like there's three hours i'm not gonna sit down and listen to three hours but uh, <laughs> 10 minutes of listening to that my creativity speaked for the next five hours i'm just uh duncan's imagery duncan's use of language duncan's just plain weirdness is one of the most brilliant things i mean i love as a writer tom robbins i think he's like one of the coolest writers ever again not to be confused with tony robbins in case you're wondering or tim robbins yeah none of them tom and uh duncan's is the podcasting equivalent of tom robbins in the way he uses language you know it's just so funny man but in any case so point being yes today is a conversation with mr duncan trussell himself uh, I was kind of, I was a little tired. It took me a while to get into the mode for, so, you know, early conversation is a little slower, but we pick up eventually. Y'all are and, getting uh, old. And I take the, hey, screw you. I take responsibility, not for getting old, for uh, a busy day and my mind not having enough alpha brain in that moment. I was going to say it. That's Sometimes the alpha brain about. just doesn't kick in nearly fast uh, enough. I had not done it, and that was a mistake. <laughs> 
So uh, one big thank you today. We have a new sponsor. So this is uh, we are sponsored today by distillunion.com. That's D I S T I L U N I O N dot com. Distillunion.com. Sounds like they make whiskey. They sound like it, but they don't. They are actually a design company uh, whose goal is to sort of simplify life. Design products that make life considerably easier. So here are a few of what they've been playing. Oh, by the way, one thing I dig about them is that they are big on kind of ethical manufacturing and sustainable packaging, which is always sweet, better than the alternative for sure. So the um, one of the things about these guys... This is a good one, man. I I need to try this because the one of the co-founders of the company, Nate, was pretty annoyed with something that I definitely have in my life, which is having a wallet that's about the size of a small country over stuff with like 52,000 different things. I think like in my wallet, there's normally like Japanese infantrymen who don't know that World War II is over or hiding in my wall. There's all literally a monster that weighs multiple pounds. Is there something wrong with that? Um, I carry it every day. Yeah. And uh, it's big, it's huge, it's uncomfortable. So yeah, I can see how... And the reality is, yes, when I... I'm a pack monster, and when I realized that, yes, 95% of that stuff on a day-to-day basis I know use, I can see how it would be. You mean I don't need credit card receipts from the 90s anymore? Yeah, what a strange concept, but then... I got the same problem, my man. Save me from myself. What can we do? At least give up the receipt from the 80s. You're not ready for the 90s yet, but... The so he designed Nate designed these um, these wallets that still is able to carry a lot of stuff. You know, every credit card you can conceivably want will be in there, cash, all the good stuff, but in much smaller package. So on one end you still got a lot in less space. On the other end, it's kind of encouraging you not to overstuff and carry thirty two thousand things you don't need. One thing that I dug about the wallet is there's this pool tab. So the rather than what I normally do, which is digging for credit cards and spending three minutes like trying to pull something out of this overstuff impossible. And then they thing. all come out at once. Yeah, and they spray everywhere. There's this pull tab that basically pops up the credit card right in front of you. You can easily pull it out. So that's a cool design right there. They have a bunch of other stuff, but we'll save this for another ad. They have sunglasses that are really cool. They have a few other things, but check them out at distillunion.com and enter the promo code DRUNKEN at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's distillunion.com, promo code DRUNKEN to receive 15% off. And of course, we'll put the link in the episode notes. They're practically giving it away. One step away. Other sponsors. So thank you to the usual folks um, on it, Short Design, and Datsusara. So we got good all on it. Uh, we are going to actually have a podcast coming up soon, probably in a month or so, with uh, John Wolf, the on it. I love the title. Chief Fitness Officer, Ooh. playing on the CFO concept in a slightly different way. Um, you guys know the drill. Onnit has some of the coolest products ever. We are, I'm now, you know, I started out with Onnit, like, oh, they sponsor us, they send us some products, that's sweet. Oh, I kind of like it. Oh, I like it. Now it's like we are fairly, oh yeah, that's one thing they just sent me. They sent me these three sample. I haven't even seen them for sale yet. This sample elk bar. So, you know, the buffalo bar that we snack on made of elk. It was ridiculously tasty. 
super, super good. Uh, so much other good stuff. So check out onnit.com. I think, is there a promo code? I always forget. In any case, it's in the episode notes how you get your discounts on all the products if you go through our link. Uh, short design, well, Mr. Duncan Trussell does it best. Check out the three-hour, just Google three-hour Duncan Trussell short design commercial on YouTube. One of the greatest production of Western civilization is there and it tells you why short design t-shirts are brilliant. And that's Usara with, you know, we carry their bags every day. Rich is carrying one right now. Awesome gear. We like it. Having said that, um, quick shout out to NeverTap Gear, nevertapgear.com. Primarily right now they make knee braces, which are cool for working out without blowing up your joints. Especially so, for old people. Hey, screw you. I wear it all the time and <laughs> ah. it helps me. I don't like you very much today. I don't believe that either. The shout out to Sam Yang for the Must Triumph podcast. I'm going to talk, you know what? Maybe we'll have Sam as a guest at some point. He's really cool. Uh, I listened to all of his episodes because there are not that many yet. Must Triumph podcast. He think he's having an approach to philosophy that's less uh, academic philosophy and more action driven. I dig his stuff a lot. I like Sam. Sam is cool. And another podcast that I recently listened to that I dug was Human Circus Podcasts. This is a history podcast that follow travelers, particularly in the Middle Ages, from Marco Polo, the most famous, but the many less famous ones. So basically, you know, we think of the Middle Ages as this period stuck in time where nobody moved from their little... And of course there was that, but there were people who... The world was considerably more interconnected than we think it was. And he gets into some really cool stories. There's a whole series that I listened to about the old Europeans who travel to visit the Mongols. Very cool. Great companion to Dan Carlin's. Uh, they must have their eyes opened. Yeah. Along with their skulls. Yeah, right. It's got, No, these are the ones who survive, of course, because we don't get the reports from the ones who were impaled on a stick somewhere. But yeah, check that out. So two cool podcasts, Mass Triumph podcast and Human Circus podcast. Believe it or not... Kiva finally breaks $100,000 in loans from your fellow listeners. 211 dedicated people that have done $100,000 in loans over the past Badass. Years. That is something to put the flag on yeah. and be proud. Next stop, quarter million. I dig it. Kiva.org. Sign up. Find the drunken Taos, Team Drunken Taos and join us on our, on our way. And the best part is a lot of that money is already in place and it can just be reloaned and reloaned and reloaned. So that's an amazing thing. I know. So it's a lot more than that. And if you find yourself needing to burn seven or eight minutes, I did a video for some guys that are working on saving black rhinos in Tanzania, and somehow National Geographic got wind of it, and we've been selected as one of their official selections on the National Geographic website. So Sweet. it's there in all its gloriousness. I don't have the exact website in front of me, but I will get it to you so we can put that in the episode notes and uh, check it out. I like it. This kid can edit. I like it a lot. And cut down this open would be the first thing people would want me to Hiring do. for your editing jobs, Mr. Rich Evers. Always available. Send him an email. Sadly That's... enough. Um, <laughs> why don't we jump into the conversation with Duncan? All right. Here we go, guys.
Mr. Bellelli, welcome to the DTFH. We're going to do a joint podcast here. So I guess this is also an episode of the Drunken Taoist. Huh? Yes, man. Let's make it happen. How many, man, how many times by now? We have had so many podcasts together. This is fun. So many yep. yeah it's so great and we've like it's we've become like recorded friends our friendship totally. is mostly recorded we've had more recorded conversations than not than we've had yeah. unrecorded conversations that is a fact we live in a kind of orwellian we've put ourselves in an orwellian police state where we record everything that we say i know and where we start where we meet up and we start chatting and he's like oh that's great wait stop shut up let me press the mic okay let's go now record record otherwise record. it's not a real conversation <laughs> Yeah, it's so that's so interesting, isn't it? Uh, How much things these days are being recorded versus mm-hmm. in the past. We're living in an age where every transaction, every movement, every conversation is probably being recorded yep. even though some some people don't realize just how much they're being surveilled. Leaves a mar- there's a presence of it somewhere that keeps living long after your conversation is done in the live version. It's still somewhere out there. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. It, I mean, like I, I was uh, looking up Alexa. I have an Amazon mm-hmm. Echo, yeah. and I found on a conspiracy website how you can check the history of your Amazon Echo and see all the things you've told it to do. Yeah, but not only that, it actually records random snippets of conversation accidentally that's creepy yeah yeah it's creepy and you can listen since you've owned your echo you can go back and check out all the all the different dialogues you've had that's pretty wild tiny little like snippets you know like weird moments strange things happening at part i I didn't take the time to go through and listen to every single snippet because there's so many of them i'm sure but those snippets are not being held at your house inside the Echo, those snippets are in the cloud. They are flying somewhere out there. That, yeah, man, that's pretty trippy. You're, well, one thing that's different from any other generation in history is that so many of us will be in a position where your grandkids will have, uh, if they are in the mood for it, they have hours and hours and hours of material to listen to you talk. Yes. Long after you're gone. And also when you are, you know, the old man on the mountain, they can still say, hey, I remember what you said, uh, that thing. That's pretty funny right there. Well, and this this actually produces what's going to become like one of the great like ethical problems of, the, you know, the, the future is like this, the problem we're having now. Like, so uh, the recent thing that happened where people started taking down Civil War statues. Mm-hmm. These yeah. these people are criminals. Yeah, sure. They're racists. We have to take down their statues. Let's wipe them from the history mm-hmm. books because we don't want to admit that we don't want to honor them with a sure. statue. Right. And so that's seems to be related to like an evolving consciousness mm-hmm. where people are that that it's becoming less and less palatable. Not that it was ever really palatable, but it's just becoming an aberration. It's becoming... I think in the past it was. It was kind of like, what do you mean you don't... Like, you're not for slavery? What the hell is wrong with you? Can you believe that our neighbor is not pro-slavery? Right. Fuck that guy. Yeah, right. We're not having him for dinner no more. Right. So if you listen to... Some people, if, you, if, they, if your ancestors did have a podcast, some of the conversations in the podcast might very naturally be talking about, like, 
slave problems. Yeah, you know, these damn slaves are not doing their work. Yeah. Uh, can you believe how much... Last week, my shoulder popped up because I was whipping this damn lazy slave over and over. They wouldn't be saying slave. Like, right. What? But they'd be saying the great reviled word that used to be right. just a very common word. And it would be... You, you would... Potentially, there would be like podcasts based on ways to like keep Maxima- your sla- yes maximize the uh, work output you can get out of your slaves yeah definitely so you'd listen to that your ancestors and you would like probably be horrified yep. by what they were saying and what they were saying in a nonchalant way because they they were on some level completely unaware that, that what they were doing was fucked up yeah because to them it made perfect sense right what's what do you mean you don't whip your slaves what's wrong with you right. don't you know they get all weird and uppity if you don't whip them sometime so theoretically it, now some of the things that we've talked about mm-hmm. that to us seem absolutely normal could potentially at some point in the future be an abomination sure I don't know what that might be. I mean, it could be something as simple as like, uh, it could be something as simple as, um, I mean, I guess imagine like if there were podcasts during World War II in Germany Mm -hmm. and there were some Nazis who had a podcast or something like that, you know, they, they, you would, there, it would be, it would be, they, it would, they could be hung for some of the things they're saying. Of course. So that's the thing. We, that's the weird thing about these thumbprints that we're leaving behind of our lives is that we don't really know where this technology is going to go. And we don't know what the consciousness is going to be 50 years from now. Because that's a funny thing. It's like everybody and their grandmother is convinced that everyone else was a product of their time. But I actually have gained all the experience from all this time. And I, my conclusions are actually just the correct ones. That, that They are not subject to time or place. They are, they are correct in all times and places. Yeah. It's just everyone else was trapped in that strange game. Yeah, that's right, right? Like, right now, this is when we're waking up from the dream. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're waking up from the dream of superstition. At this point, we're waking yeah. up from the primitive times. Exactly. Like, now we're comp- we've done it. I mean... Those times were fucking crazy, but these yep. times, no, no, no. Now we're really, we're, we're really on the straight and narrow here. Exactly. What was it, Jefferson Airplane song? The Crown of Creation. That idea, right? We are, we all that shit that came before led to this moment, to us right now. We got it. This is the end point. You know. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, probably not, but uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I. This is why I just keep falling more and more in love with Buddhism because Uh that is a philosophy that to me, it transcends uh, culture Uh and it, and not only does it transcend culture, it infects culture uh, that it it uses cultural symbolism to try to convey uh, a a kind of unchanging, unwavering truth about human existence, you know? And I I love that because uh, it, it is, that to me, it, that that is real. There is something that is not that as of yet has not changed. Now, could it change potentially? But as of yet, it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Which is that, um, you know, life is, uh, to put it in a, a probably wrong way. I just had it explained to me in a, a different way. But life is suffering. Mm-hmm. But actually, the term I've just had this explained by David Nickturn, who's been teaching me 
meditation, that the, the term is not so much suffering as much as life is kind of out of balance. Sure. Life is, a human life is kind of like, a, the way he put it is, it's like if you're maybe, I don't know, riding your car and mm-hmm. one, of, one of the wheels is a little flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wobbly. It's yeah. off a little bit. Human existence is a little wobbly. That's interesting because the way I always look at that statement, I wasn't changing the suffering part. I was changing the verb that preceded. So rather than life is suffering, in my mind was like life inevitably involves a lot of suffering. Like there's no escaping it, right? That doesn't mean that all of life is suffering. It just means that there's a shitload of it out there and you are going to run into it. Well, first of all, the thing is it isn't even a life is suffering. It's dukkha mm-hmm. is what it's called. So right. it's not even like a bunch of words jammed together. Yeah. It's just like... There's we're wobbly we're wobbly here yeah. like we're we we go from one extreme to the next right and we're kind of like if you if you sort of really look at your life you realize that it's just a little it's either a little bumpy or, or a lot bumpy, bumpy. Right. or like but there's always just this kind of weird sense of like you know this doesn't quite mm-hmm. feel right yeah you, you it doesn't really something seems off a little bit here and then that sort of gives birth to um a lot of activity for people which is because when things don't feel quite right yeah you need to retweet and i think that's the metaphor for buddhism that i always heard that was always interesting is buddha as a physician as a doctor so first he's prescribing you know what what is the problem okay right. there's the idea of dukkha there's something is off right yeah. there's something is not quite right that we need to uh, is there a way to fix it? Yes, there is a way to fix. Like, what causes this problem? And then it goes into, you know, the attachment to desire. Okay, we got that. Is there a way to fix it? Yes, there is. And now I'm going to lay out the eightfold path with step-by-step instruction for how you go about fixing yeah, it. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And so it's very pragmatic, you know. It's very, it's principle-driven. So it's not as subject to time and place because it's just laying out a methodology for how you solve problems. Yeah, like, and it's not faith-based. No. Another cool. super important important part of it to yep. me is it has nothing to do with faith. It's not like you you, you don't just pretend to believe. If, you, if right. you're pretending to believe in the shit, you're not looking at it at all on and any I, level. And I think that's a huge difference between a lot of Eastern stuff, particularly Taoism and Buddhism, versus a lot of Western stuff, is that a lot of the Western stuff is faith-based. You know, yes. whether something, you need to believe certain things in order to be, whereas a lot of those traditions, faith is, whether you believe it or not, doesn't matter. You know, the universe is the way it is, whether you believe in those principles or not, completely secondary. It doesn't really right. matter in anybody, because those things remain true one way or another. Right. Whether Jesus was resurrected is a pretty big fucking deal in Christianity. If it's not, then the whole structure of Christianity starts crumbling down. Whether Buddha really lived, really said the, said the thing that are attributed to him or not, it doesn't really matter. It's more like, what are those ideas? How can they be applied? Do they work? You tried. It's, it's in some ways almost more scientific as an approach. It's like it's if very... the, whoever invented the Macarena... When I hear that, okay. If like the idea is like, if like we find out that you guys, you know what? Like we thought the Macarena was created by Gustav yeah, Fox yeah. uh, in, in, in 1983. Right. When he was drunk out of his fucking mind on margaritas and doing big fat rails at Colombian blow. And he came up with this dance that somehow like caught on. And then you find out that's not true. Right. We don't know who invented the Macarena. There's still the Macarena. It still exists. The dance steps yeah. are still there. 
there is still this kind of dance. It doesn't matter. It's still there. So in Buddhism, it's kind of like the Macarena in the sense that, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like Siddhartha Gautama, was it or not? I I don't know. It probably was real. He probably did exist. Probably. But even Buddha would be like, yeah, don't worry about me. Yeah. It's not about me. Exactly. And, and, And... Right now, by the way, I'm picturing Buddha doing the Macarena. That's, I can see a successful TV show based on this premise. <laughs> so yeah, I love that man, and and that that the the uh, the beauty of that, uh, and I think it's it becomes really very useful in a time period that we're in right now, mm-hmm. which is that the way humans are taking a an assessment of their environment is no longer based on walking outside and looking around, but is now based on staying inside, not looking out your window, but looking out the window of your computer onto social media. Mm -hmm. And from that, you sort of come up with an assessment of the world. Yeah, and that's also, that's another trip right there, right? Because the whole social media thing, I mean, on some way, this, this shit is awesome. Because it's like, think about when we were growing up, where if you had an interest in, let's say, Buddhism, and then you go to the local bookstore, and if you find two books on Buddhism, no matter how crappy they were, you'll be super excited because that's all the information you have access to. Today, you can type anything into the magic box and anything you want about it pops up. So it's awesome. You know, we have access to information yeah. in a way we never had before. Yeah. On the other hand, of course, it's like any invention, there are the problems that come with it. It's like, you know, just because you have fire, yeah, fire is great to cook your meal, but it can also burn down your house. And social media works the same way. You know, there's there's a way in which internet and all of that is amazing and it does beautiful things for us. And clearly there are ways to use it to fuck up your life. And that unless you know how to play with it, the dangers are there as much as the opportunities. That's a great way to put it, you know, because it's, it's sort of like, at, at least with fire, mm-hmm. when you get burnt from fire... There, it's noticeable. Yeah, it happens instantly. Yeah. you know you've been burnt by fire. I, I would say the the social media could be more like asbestos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. Certain, you don't know it's there. Right? Yeah, you don't realize you've been infected yeah. with with some of the poisons of the thing until you're sort of like up at like three a.m. looking at Twitter and 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 living probably if you live in the United States, you know, or or in most countries unless you're in syria or some of the like really dark parts of the world right if you've got electricity yeah and you're looking at your computer and you have a computer or a phone and you have some shelter and you have some food then you're doing better Mm -hmm. than a lot of people probably and certainly better than a lot of people in the past have been you're doing great you're doing great also if you can stand up and walk around you can you can like look at the stuff and yet and that's you know the 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 I'm 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 imagining many people are like they're doing okay. It's not great. It's not it's not the best of the best. It's not sure. the worst of the worst. It's just okay. But you can look at social media and start seeing strong opinions. People will tell you people who seem to have really strong opinions mm-hmm. and seem to be really like authorities on this thing or that thing. Yeah. Will assure you that. Yeah, this is bad. Like we're on the brink of some bad thing, and this is a bad thing, and it's bad, and this is really bad. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you're looking at it, and you're and you're thinking like, "Fuck, man, maybe it is bad." And then you start looking at the people who are agreeing with the person who's uh-huh. like, "Yeah, that is bad," 
And then you start maybe following them. And the next thing you know, everything's on the screen is bad. Totally. But it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the problems of the human mind that we, a lot of humans feed on fear because, you know, fear is the kind of thing, warning, danger is out there. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that kept you alive, right? It's the kind of stuff that, hey, pay attention, because there's this thing that if you don't pay attention, this saber-toothed tiger is going to eat you. So, you know, be out for the signs that there's a saber-toothed tiger in this territory. And then you can avoid getting killed. That's useful, right? That's the kind of mild paranoia that's useful. But then there's... 10,000 ways in which today that setup just fuck us up because rather than just being I have my eyes to look out for anything that can mess up with my current life that's working okay suddenly you start that's all you look for and so your life is not even no longer okay because all you do is look at all the things that are gonna fuck it up right and it's like a comet is going to strike and a revolution that's going to throw us in jail and take away our guns and then it's gonna be the thing that and it's like this Fear and the media, of course, knows that that's how human beings are. So if you have a network, you know that before a commercial break, you throw fear, fear, be very afraid. We're going to tell you how to protect yourself after the commercial break because you know that that's going to hook people. You know that that's going to keep them there watching until... It's amazing. It's like people who figured out how to get rich off of yelling that the theater's on fire. Absolutely. And the, the, where it gets even more dismaying is when you realize, like, now we have a new currency, right? So we have a new currency, and the currency is retweets and likes mm-hmm. or whatever validation you're getting through social media, right? right? So this is a new currency. Followers, retweets, and likes. It's a currency. Yep. And so these people who are on Twitter blasting out infinite tweets about Mm -hmm. how rotten the world is or how terrified they are or how we should be Uh terrified are getting like incredible validation for it. And so they're actually unaware probably of the fact that they're doing the exact same thing the media is doing, which is capitalizing off of frightening people. Absolutely. And I think it becomes a weird game because you said the key word right there where they probably are not aware of it because here is the thing is maybe you have 10 things you want to say and two are about, hey, let's worry about these things that we should worry about these people or these ideas or this event or something that we need to consider. And you get like 500 times more response on that topic than on another topic that maybe is more creative, more this, but it's that's the easy sell that catches everybody. So the next time you put out something greater than two out of 10 is five out of 10. And those five are the ones that again hit the most. Yeah. And the next time is eight. And before you know it, that's all, that becomes your shtick. Yeah. That's all you do is because you got the message that that's how you're going to get the love and the attention. And in some cases, the money, because that's the reality of it, right? A lot of people yeah. start making bank on that kind of, feeding that right. to a certain audience and it's i think that's why to me one of my ground rules for listening to anybody is how much are they giving me that's helping the quality of my life right not how right they are not how smart they are not what a good speech they can put together is what are they giving me and usually that means something creative something positive something inspiring yeah that can help me make life better if there's enough of that i mean yeah. i'm tuned in 
But if it's just, uh, oh, he's smart in analyzing the problem that's out there, yeah, I don't, I don't need to listen to 50 hours of that. You know, it's like 20 minutes quick, get a sense of what they are talking about is plenty. I want to, and I think it's a conscious decision because otherwise uh, my brain is the same monkey brain as everybody else, right? It's like, I'll, I will gravitate toward fear. I will gravitate toward all those things. So I need to make a conscious decision of what am I feeding myself here? You know, what, what is this thing? This is about getting peace at that other group because there's always some other group to get peace to it. It's about fear. It's about worries, about the end of Western civilization as we know it, unless we do this. And it's like, fuck that. I don't want to feed myself with that stuff. I want to I wanna feed my brain with stuff that makes me laugh, that makes me happy, that yeah. makes me feel more at ease. In. That interests me more. And, and also, you know what interests me? World peace is it possible Mm -hmm. can it happen and how would it happen and what are the what what are things like if you think about like what are things that are leading to more conflict and Mm -hmm. what are things that are seem to be sort of reducing conflict yeah what are these things what do they look like what are the steps is it possible and then like taking this grand notion of like Mm -hmm. uh like skipping all the things in between but imagining a world Mm -hmm. at some point where there isn't a war happening. Yeah. There may be some skirmishes here or there, some things like rotten things here and there, but there isn't like a huge, like there isn't really war. There yep. isn't like that, that, that is like kind of like gone off the table. Like the, the way that people now react to racism, mm-hmm. people begin to react that way to war. Yep. So that if a president, if a, a, a politician, if any person seems to even remotely vocalize about war being an, an actual yeah. legitimate solution to a geopolitical problem, they're instantly fired. Of course. Now, I don't know how we get there, right. but like I imagine a world like that in a world where like economies are interconnected and a world where people are like overcoming their... Uh, paranoia and fear about other cultures Mm -hmm. and fear about like what i don't know it's a it's you know i think it's possible but like to get there i don't know how to get there but if we all put our heads together with this interconnectedness that's happening and manifesting through the internet i think we can really do it i agree and i think that's where it's interesting is those are challenges right a because it's harder it's very easy to bitch and complain about somebody not so easy to come up with creative solutions but at the same time because it's a cool challenge it's a worthy challenge it's a challenge that actually is uh, stimulating it's not this sit back point the finger and say oh it's all the fault of the bad guys is yeah i don't give a fuck about the bad guys tell me who the good guys are tell me why you are a good guy or what do you do about it that helps other people that helps yourself that helps that becomes, and it's not a asshole question like, oh, how, how good are you kind of thing. No, right. it's like literally, what's the best that we can put forward? What's the best that you can put forward? And even if you don't have the answer right now, that's fine. But let's make that a priority. Yeah. You know, let's think about what, how would we answer that question in the best possible way. That's Dedicate, it. you know, you want to, once in a while you have to vent and bitch, I get it. 10% of the time, 20 at most. But make sure that eight is going in another direction, you know, that's going in the direction of uh, 
how to build a better relationship with your own physicality, with your body, with the sense of community, with a sense of how you create better communication with other human beings, how you do all those things. That's yes. where it's fascinating. That is exactly where, to me, mm -hmm. the rubber hits the road. And in the, in the first, I think one of the things that like is a fun thing that, that anyone can do is imagine, here, th here's a fantasy, imagine this. There is actually a decentralized, nonviolent revolution happening right now. It's happening. We are in the in the middle, probably by now, of of a really well planned out series of uh, political actions mm -hmm. that are leading to what could be a a, rena a, a global renaissance. Mm -hmm. And what those actions are is the end of prohibition on psychedelics. The legalization of marijuana, which you see happening all over the yep. planet, because with the legalization of marijuana, it doesn't that doesn't just mean like a lot of people who shouldn't be arrested don't get arrested. It means that human consciousness begins to merge with nature at ever increasing rates because of access to a psychoactive chemical that allows this kind of communion to happen mm -hmm. with the planet. So we don't even know like what the that plan is going to be teaching people in mass. Yep. But, the, you know, India just legalized it. Canada just legalized it. <clears throat> Congress is trying to pass some kind of federal legalization for medical marijuana. And apparently Trump is going to sign off on it <clears throat> if they pass it because he fucking hates Jeff Sessions and Jeff Sessions doesn't <laughs> want marijuana to be legal. And so he put it in play. That was hilarious. It's like he hates Jeff Sessions. You put him there, not somebody else. I know. That was hilarious. And, and it's, I mean, to me, it's like, oh my God, this is like, it couldn't be better. Like crazy fucking Trump yeah. hates this like person who's like, to me, a billion times worse than fucking Trump. Right. And this, and that, which means that Trump is just going to start doing shit to fuck with yeah. Jeff Sessions. Of course. Whether Trump cares about marijuana or not, I don't know. Secondary, who cares? Secondary. Yeah. But he's like, oh my God, I can just fuck with him all day long. That's what does funny. Jeff Sessions not want to happen? I'm going to do it. And if Trump does, if Trump just does the opposite of what Jeff Sessions wants, yeah. we really might have world peace within right. the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> just to piss someone off. That's Trump, awesome. Trump might instigate world peace just to piss <laughs> off Jeff Sessions, <clears throat> which to me is super funny. Oh, that Su is funny. Super funny. So the, the, we, there are, the, the, we have all of these, um, things that are happening that are clearly like moving us into a world that is less violent, more open-minded, mm -hmm. more connected. <clears throat> it's happening. So the fantasy is imagine that there is a decentralized, nonviolent revolution happening and you're part of it. And the moment you decide to be a part of it, you become a soldier in this right. movement that's happening. You become an actor in this incredible secret revolution that's happening. And it's a fun uh, game you can play with yourself. And, and, and uh, it's like you can actually sort of instigate a state of pro-noia. Have you ever heard of this before? Yeah, remind me one second. I remember the word. but So pro-noia is the fantasy that the universe is conspiring to help you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that's what it was. Yeah, so there's a story about a, a psychiatrist who, or a psychologist who wanted to see if he could make himself paranoid. So he started walking around, imagining, just pretending people were watching him. 
and following him. And then he like had a like I think he had like a psychotic break mm. because he started really believing it. It right. went from being like, oh my god. I, I, I'm going to pretend people are following me. You're like, fuck, I was right. Yeah, yeah, They are fo- Holy yeah. shit, holy shit, I'm being gang-stalked. Yeah. So you could do the opposite of that to yourself. Right. And start imagining that, like, you know, this is the great fantasy or the lens to look through. There is a non-violent, <clears throat> decentralized revolution happening. It's in, in the same way empire evolves, revolution has evolved, to the point where the revolutionaries have realized, oh, we can't have leaders. Like, yeah. leaders, we get fucked up. In fact, we can't really even have, like, cells operating mm-hmm. together. It's better for most people to, like, sort of just be, like, uh, agents acting in completely in the dark. But if you just imagine that's what you are. The moment you, the steps are this. One, pretend it's true. Yeah. Two, imagine you've just been activated by this podcast. And three, wait for orders to come. And then before you know it, you will get a synchronicity. You will get the weirdest fucking thing. Or just in your mind, suddenly something will pop into your head about what you could do to help this great movement that's going to end in like a renaissance and global peace. That thing could be like, oh shit, I need to like go like, you know what, my my neighbor is broke and needs food or mm-hmm. there's something to do. There's you'll, It'll just come to you. Yeah. And then what happens is you continue this ridiculous pronoid fantasy is that you just play this game with yourself for a little while and sure as fucking shit, people will start coming out of the woodwork and they will help you for real and they'll start telling you things and you'll be like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait a minute. Wait, no. How is that happening? Yeah. How do they know? What is this? And now you start living in this beautiful pronoid world where you are being like buffeted by the winds of some very sophisticated organized decentralized nonviolent revolution it's a blast i highly recommend playing that game with yourself i can hear john lennon playing in the background to all of this it's so very <laughs> imagined so it's, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 but it, it, it it's it's just try i mean i i challenge you try it for a week and see what it, what where, where you're at, it's at the better end of the than week. alternative right it's better than thinking that everything in the universe is conspiring to fuck you up and make life miserable because i mean to a large degree is you know i'm a big believer in being real but at the same time there is an element to how you choose to perceive things that will affect how you relate to them and how things around you happen. Now, of course, you know, like I think that one of the things that sometimes piss me off is when people skip a step. So there's the something horrible happened and it's always like, ah, but you need to look how how this is for the best. And it's kind of like, shut up. Something horrible just happened. You know, this is not for the best. This sucks, right? But to me, it's like, here is the problem. You either have the people who become complete deniers of the unpleasant sides of reality and they only want to because it's like otherwise it ruins their happy fantasy and otherwise I'm going to have to deal with the fact that there are harsh things in life. Or you find the people who get stuck there and dwell there forever about how life is rough and terrible and hard and this and that. And it's like, to me, it's like, let's be real. When bad shit happens and it is bad shit and there's no spinning it in a cool way, it still is bad shit. Let's acknowledge it. And then figure out how we move on from here. You know, it's like, let's acknowledge, okay, this is shit. Having said that, continuing to say that this is shit is not going to help us very much, right? So how about we figure out, regardless of whether it's fair or not, none of that shit matters. These are the cards that have been handed to you. We can agree that you probably didn't get the best cards, but who cares? These are the cards that are in your hand. How are you going to play them? Because that's really the only thing that counts. Yeah. 
is at this point, are you gonna take those cards, good or bad as they may be, how can you play them in the best possible way? Yeah, I like that. I like, wait, which is the, who's the Greek god that stole fire? What's his name? Mr. Prometheus, I believe, is the name we're looking for. Yeah, Prometheus, and he got in big trouble. What they? What do they do? They, like... They chain him to a rock, and every day an eagle arrives to eat his liver. Yeah. And then during the night, his liver grow again. Yeah. And the next day, the eagle come back and eat his liver again. Yeah. And he, like... But isn't the idea that through the whole thing, he laughs at the gods? Like... Prometheus is I've maybe this is just like some existentialist take on it. I like that, but yeah, I haven't heard it. The idea is that Prometheus is like even in the midst of this. Yeah. The Prometheus is like, yeah, can find a way. Still got to... the fire. Still gave the fire to people, motherfuckers. And I don't have to be freaked out by this never-ending torture by your dumbass eagle eating my fucking liver. P.S. I've gotten used to it. P.S. I think it's funny. P.S. I'm friends with the eagle. P.S. I'm glad he's eating my liver because he's hungry. He's awesome. I've named him William. His name's William. I look forward to him flying down. And so then suddenly you realize like this is the power of the of being a human. Right. Is that if we take like so if we're to look at like what you're talking about like no doubt there are hard like every day horrible 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 inconceivably horrible fucking things happen and yeah. but you know if, if we mytholo- if mythologize it and use prometheus as an example you can in the midst of this horrible thing still find mm-hmm. a place of equanimity peace tranquility and power and this is to be a warrior mm-hmm. and you can find that place in it where even in the midst of this yep. you're still smiling at the world this is the human po- power this is the human potential and this is like if we do that you know what is it people say speak truth to power mm-hmm. speak truth to power do that but do it with a smile. Yeah, that's important. Because otherwise you're spending your life thinking that until the day when utopia materializes, you have to grind your teeth and fight on and it's going to be rough. And it's like, well, you're going to wait a long time because that may or may not happen anytime soon. But having fun while you're fighting the good fight, that's where it's like one of my favorite sentences of all times is uh, my sex-loving Zen monk from the 1400 T.Q. who said, throw me into hell and I'll find a way to enjoy it. Yeah. And I love that, right? Because it's not denying hell is hell. It's like, it sucks. It is what it is, right? I'll find a way to enjoy it. It's like, regardless of what the objective reality out there is, I'm going to figure out a way to make it better than if I just go in thinking, oh, look how objectively it's terrible. There is such thing as objectivity. There's also the way in which you relate to it. And that's a choice. That's not just, it's not dictated by the facts. The facts limit what you can and cannot do. Some people are going to have an easier or harder time. But your choice is a key one. That's right. And the first thing they want is to colonize your brain with fear. Mm -hmm. And by them, I mean, it's like, okay, so basically what we have going on here is essentially two competing paradigms. We have one paradigm is the paradigm of fear, disaster, terror the amygdala people they're like and and within that paradigm you have two different i I think you could break it into two big categories one category is the people who are profiting off of it Mm -hmm. this is not just the weapons manufacturers this is the media this is people selling like um uh anti-anxiety medications this is the people who have like come up with like 
bullshit, hyper expensive ways to like overcome it by going to like, I don't know. This is like, there's like, there's there's a huge industry in, in scaring people. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, I actually, it was really funny. I, I wanted to take a screenshot, but I think CNN realized how preposterous the headline was. So they took it down, but the headline was something along the lines of like, you know, the economy, the unemployment is lower than it's been in 50 years, but Americans are still uneasy. And it's like, uh, I wonder why, CNN. I wonder fucking why. Because right. every single day, you're bugling the trumpets of the apocalypse. Yeah. And now you're like, ah, people seem to still be uneasy. Weird, huh? Huh, weird. That's yeah. weird, right? You're selling cars, motherfuckers. You're selling cars. You're selling ads, trying to make money. I get it. You want to make a buck. But anyway, we have one paradigm. It's the people who are profiting off of it. Mm-hmm. And not just those people who are profiting off of it with actual money, but the people who are profiting off of it with power. Mm-hmm. These are the people who like who are like on social media, uh, putting themselves forward as some kind of like champions of 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 peace or champions of some kind of like I don't know some kind sure. of I but but the but yeah and yet everything they say is a different breakdown of how rotten the world is yep. and 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 so those people are profiting too. So that's the profiteers. And then we have the just people who are authentically terrified because they don't know what's happening because they've become confused. They've, their brains have been colonized. So those are the people, I think, that, that, that can truly be helped. So that's one paradigm. The other paradigm is the, all the peace workers in the world, all the people who are like truly trying to make a more peaceful, mm-hmm. beautiful collaborative, connected world where we figure out a way to have dialogue with each other and we figure out a way to, like, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. I know we can do this. So there's these two yep. competing paradigms happening here. And um, the to, I think to be a successful peace worker, you, you, and, and the thing you're talking about, which mm-hmm. is like we can't just skip over yeah. this. When we can't fake smile at yeah. the eagle yeah. and we can't fake smile at the gods, we have to figure out a way to actually find peace inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love Buddhism. Right. Because it's like it, it really has a, a method that cuts through whatever the particular yeah. political situation of the time period may be to get right to the crux of the issue, which is that. To be a human being is to feel a little off balance, Mm -hmm. to feel a little off. And the reason we feel a little off is because of three fundamental problems, which is that we either have desire, Mm -hmm. we want this thing or that thing, we uh, don't want something, which is actually kind of another form of desire. I desire this thing to not be happening, but that's called aversion. We don't want to be in the car in traffic. We don't want to be in our marriage. We don't yeah. want to be looking down at a fucking eagle's beak, nailing us in the stomach yet again and flying off with our fucking liver. We don't want that. William. What? Yeah, William. Oh, fuck. Here's William again, that fucking eagle. <laughs> Not today, William. Uh, William, really? Like, it yeah. can't taste that good, right? <laughs> and, and then... And then the, the third one is just ignorance. We're, right. we're ignorant, which... In, which kind of means we're not aware of the fact that that we live in a universe of impermanence or we're not aware of the fact that we're all completely interconnected. And so these are the three big problems. Uh 
regardless of the where you're at, the political situation, how much money you have, don't have, what you're what you're doing. Yeah. If you really look at your problem, it's those are the three main fucking problems. You either want to be somewhere else or want to mm-hmm. have some shit you don't have or you don't want to be where you're at or you're just completely confused about what, what the place is in general. Of course. So we start dealing with those things first and then you begin to like actually experience a kind of lightening of spirit. Mm-hmm. And that produces, I think, a state of consciousness where you can begin to like work with the world and and maybe make changes i don't know speaking of which you seem in a, on a good wave you seem like in a really good mood today and you're you're over i haven't seen you in a while and you your overall vibe seems pretty damn happy i like that thanks man i Thank like you. seeing that because you know it's like i mean you know it all too well we all do it's like there are those waves right there are the moments when we feel like it is and then sometimes there are the moments where it's like it's hard. I, you know, it's like mild cycles of depression, so not so mild that sometimes can kick in. But you seem to be, what do you think? Is this like a particular phase of the wave or you're finding a way to be at a different place of balance in your life or what's I got on? lucky, man. I got this guy, Nick Turn, David Nick Turn. He's like a Chogim Trumpa student mm-hmm. who like is like just this incredible, you know, I, what happened is like I, I sort of, decided to get go a little deeper into studying Buddhism yep. and meditation in particular. And uh, so I started working with this guy and like, he's like a really talented mm-hmm. teacher and he sort of, uh, I don't know, he sort of helped me like find some or figure out some shit that I had kind of like hadn't really fully grasped, yep. at least like with my own mind. I'd like heard about it and read about it a million times. And so it's cool, man, when you start understanding the way your mind works, um, which is like kind of, sort of like if you want to have a reason to meditate. Um, I think the reason to meditate is is because um, you you want to like you want to help. Mm-hmm. It's a good reason to meditate, but to really help, we got to figure out a way to um, as much as possible like find find some kind of equilibrium inside, mm-hmm. right? So. You know, you just you start doing mindfulness practice and you start recognizing something that's really interesting that is like for me is like incredibly interesting because I have known about it and I've experienced it in different ways, but the the methodology of this particular lineage of Buddhism, the Kagyu lineage, mm-hmm. the Shambhala, the yeah. is like real non woo-woo-y basic. Here's what you do. You take a seat you follow your breath when your mind wanders you bring it back to your breath that's it it's really simple and but it's simple yeah but then you start becoming aware of how your fucking mind is working at least and 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 it's really amazing you start realizing oh my god that thing you just talked about the wave Mm -hmm. you realize oh shit that fucking wave that I thought was like my life is actually happening on a cycle in my mind at every moment. And so you start getting really familiar with this incredible thing that's happening, which is you're blinking in and out of reality. You're going from a state of being lost in your thoughts or sleepy or whatever, or caught in your body, but usually just in your thoughts to back to your breath and in the present moment. 
and that's it. But you start realizing like, oh my God, I keep blinking in and out of, re- I'm like a firefly. Yeah. You're, I'm like a, 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 a interdimensional firefly <laughs> that's going from the thought realm into the, into the like human realm yeah. nonstop. Of course. Blinking right. in and out of reality all day long. I'm here and now I'm back lost in my thoughts. Yeah. And what glimpse of reality back in my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So, yeah. And so, and so what starts happening or, or what I have found has happened. And one of the really cool things they say is like, look, whatever the fuck happened in your past meditation and whatever you think the thing is you had, don't be attached to that either. Right. Cause that's the same bullshit. Yeah, Cause now course. you're now, instead of your thoughts, you're, you're now instead of blinking in and out of like some other past experience, now you're blinking in and out of thinking about meditate. Of course. It's the same. So, so that being said, there was a, a kind of spaciousness that can start happening when you're doing a sitting meditation that you didn't even, I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically, I, some t- when it's working for me, the feeling is, reminds me of like a dolphin that got let out of a aquarium mm-hmm. and is suddenly dealing with the fact that like there's an entire ocean and you've been swimming around this yeah. little aquarium yeah. that you thought was you. Mm-hmm. And that is an inc- that is a very, that really, really, really is a big relief, man. And Check you out. that makes you happy. I bet. It, it, you show it. Let's oh, put it cool. that way. That's great. Well, it's also I'm wearing a new Buddhist cologne. That, oh, I, okay, fuck all the other stuff yeah. you said. That's yeah. the answer. Scent so. of awakening. Yes. Yeah. That's... It's my own personal brand, guys. If you go to DuncanTrussell.com, <laughs> you can, for only twenty five ninety nine, you can no longer be afraid and feel free like the dolphin. Yes. Scent of awakening. That's the way to do it. How about, uh, I remember like sometimes speaking of cycles, you were talking about working out like a madman then you fall off then you yeah. go back in again where are you at in terms of uh, relationship with the body not good not great man i mm. like not great i i have i went to the gym like a week and a half ago and it was it felt fucking great and i didn't go and this is the other thing i love about this guy nick turn he's so cool man and the way he teaches is he's like <clears throat> a lot of us ask this question which is i know it feels good to work out but i don't or I know mm-hmm. when I meditate, my life tends to get better, but I don't do it. Why don't I do it? Yeah. And what he was saying in this class is, you know, like we're always trying to find some kind of mystical answer to that question, you know? And he's like, it's probably laziness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to old fashioned laziness. Right? <laughs> it's not some kind of fucking like, that's right. what I love about it. It's not like some, I would love to believe. Yeah. That the reason I don't do it is because of, you know, I don't know, like uh, I don't meditate. I don't meditate because uh, I'm afraid of my own awakening. No. Interdimensional demons are struggling with you, trying to hold you back. No. Because they know that the world is never going to be the same when Duncan Trussell becomes enlightened no. and gets a six pack. I'm lazy. Right. I like to play God of War. Yeah. It's like there's there's not a... And, and what that's what I really love about this particular lineage is it's not bullshit. It's just right. like you're probably lazy. Yeah. And and that's okay. You, I would much rather someone tell me, oh, no, you're lazy than it's some fucking confounding sure. complex thing. So, but I know. So my that's like, I'm, you know, 
certainly something that is always floating in my consciousness is that, man, come on, dude, let's fucking, let's get back to the gym. It feels good. What about you? Uh, some, some. I want to do more. I want to do more. And it's, um, I think one of the things that's tricky for me is that I do, on any given day, I do 10,000 things that I enjoy that are good. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, I'm wasting time. I definitely don't waste time. Or, oh, I'm doing this shit that I hate. And it's, it's, it's a good problem to have because it's like, okay, I'm working on this thing, which is a good thing. I'm doing this other thing that is a good thing. I'm doing, but there are 24 hours in a day. And so something got to give. So at some point it's like prioritizing of, okay, if there are several things that you want to spend your time doing, pick, make a choice. There, yeah. You know, because at some point, otherwise the 24 hours make a choice for you. And before mm. you know it, you haven't done the, some of the stuff that right. really was a priority because you did something else that was okay. Right. You can justify it, but it doesn't quite deliver the same results. That's right. And and I think I really need to... I, it really boils down to just good, stupid, old-fashioned discipline of just getting up and saying, today, this gets done. Yeah. I don't care how, when you make it happen one way or another. Yeah. That's it. And it's great. And anytime you do that, whatever it is, it's just like instantly liberating. Mm-hmm. Like when you, whatever, like it, it really is just like so easy. It's just like the hardest part about writing, sitting down to write. Oh, yeah. Writing itself is like not the easiest thing ever. But no. like getting your ass in the seat is the hardest. The hardest part about getting to, about working out is getting to the gym. Oh, yeah. The yes. hardest part about meditating is getting to the meditation cushion. There, It's like, it's, it's really not a... Um, it's really not that difficult, you know, and it's just like, you know, doing it. And I had once I was, um, I went to train, uh, I was going to, to, to judo class and I drove probably 20 minutes to get there. I get out of the car. I have my gi with me. I walk in, I took one look at the mat. I walk back. <laughs> I got back in the car. I drove 20 minutes back and I was just like, yeah, it's not happening. You know what I call that? It's... Victory. Because you fucking did it. Like, just making the effort. Just making the effort to try to do the thing. Yeah. I think it's still victory. It's not the best victory ever, but it's still better than not. Do- it's still better than than sitting at home. Sure. Without knowing. There was a good victory the following week because I basically do the same thing, right? I walk in, I sit down, and I'm just finding an excuse to not step up and walk away. Yeah. And it was somebody who saw me and they were like, hey, you want to jump in? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And uh, he kind of stepped off the mat and he's like, are you depressed? And mm. I'm like, and you know, I didn't think I was depressed, but when he asked me the question, I was like, mm. I guess so, a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. And, and then it was so cool because the guy said like, you know what, I totally get it. I feel the same way a lot of the times. Just step on the mat with me. We'll just play for five minutes, okay? We'll just I'll just show you something. There are a couple of things I'm working on. We'll play those for five minutes. Then if you wanna go, go. Okay. And it's like, and I step on the mat and we start playing. And of course I start feeling better and everything starts clicking. Yes. And then I get an awesome workout and I feel better about life. And it was just like, oh, that was interesting. That's a proficient teacher. Yeah, that was awesome right there. Yeah, that's kind of part of being a teacher, is like you 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 get good at like analyzing your students where mm-hmm. they're at right you want to come to them where they're at and like and like figure out a method for for that place he sounds amazing yeah. that's super cool that was mr chris hilsett thank you very much no that was he did exactly what i needed in that moment right yeah. and i didn't even know i needed it and he had that exact right reaction that wasn't like 
oh come on just get in here and do it he's like yeah fuck you I'm leaving yeah he wasn't just letting me he was like just a little gentle yeah. prodding just enough to get you to take that first step That's on it. your own and it was he's one of them yeah it was great he's one of awesome. them yeah. and there's so many of them out there like it's not just Buddhists mm-hmm. it's like obviously it's like every religion every industry every it's they're every they're all out there man and like they're really really good and what are they good at doing they're good at helping us mm-hmm. be a little less stuck yep they're just they like and it's like everyone's you know like if you think about a a car stuck in mud it's like it's universally kind of the same problem the car's stuck in mud yeah but the method to get each car out of the mud is going to vary from types of Absolutely. mud to type of car to what you ha- what tools you have on hand to get the mud the car out of the mud. There's lots of different ways to do it, and it's really amazing when you realize, like, holy fuck, there are people in the world who have trained themselves or been trained to get cars out of mud. Yep. Only it's More not cars; stuff. it's yeah. people who've gotten stuck, and they've gotten stuck, and and they want to be free. That's another part of, like, I think the skill set that these people seem to demonstrate is they can recognize the people who actually want to get out of the mud and the people who don't, who like being stuck in the mud. And the people who like being stuck in the mud, they're like, enjoy the mud. And I think it's part of what's trippy about these phases, you know, the highs and lows of life that are inevitable is sometimes when you are stuck in the low, you know you're stuck in the low, you know what it feels like to be in the Mm. high, and you know you have done it 10,000 times before, but exactly what you say, this time you don't know what it is that's going to make it go click and suddenly you're out. Right. And so you keep wandering and you turn around and you try this, try that. Like the last time, it was awesome. It's like the... After maybe six weeks of this, it wasn't terrible, it wasn't bad, but it was, you know, mild depression where I'm, yeah. I'm under some, I'm carrying like 50 extra pounds on my shoulder kind of feeling. Yeah. And my daughter started talking to me because she's so, you know, I'm in a weird mood. I have been in a weird mood for a little bit and it's not dramatic, but visible enough. And I don't know what the fuck she said, but something that she said made me, I could almost hear the click in my brain where I felt something go clung door opening I'm suddenly looking at the exact same situation in a slightly different way yeah I sat with it for a day or so and the next day I was done and I was out wow. and that whole phase was over and and I don't even remember what words she used but that's the thing it's like it's not just a perfect methodology that always works every no time way. it's like it has to be the right timing the right tone the right thing that on a particular day can turn that key. That's that's right. And there has to be a willingness. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be an authentic desire. Because a lot of people, they they don't... I think everybody naturally wants to be lighter. Sure. They they want to be free. They want to, they want to like, they... they it's kind of like, you know, you look... The, one of, what's one of the saddest things to see when you're taking a walk is a, sometimes you'll see people hanging on their porch, a canary in a cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that, I don't know, maybe the canaries never really flied or right. flown, Yeah. but the canary sees birds and knows this is possible. Yeah. And, and it's sad to me. And I, so I think that like everybody deep, deep down knows that there's something 
there is more than maybe what they're experiencing. There's a potential for something else. Mm-hmm. But some of those people, it's way deep down and they don't want to fucking, they don't want, they're doing it in their own time, in their own way. It's nobody's business and yep. it's absolutely fine for them to be that way because they're in process and they need those gestational periods of like deep, absolute traumatic yep. misery to get to the point of, ah, and when they get to that point of, ah, it's going to be that much more sweet because all the extra time they served in the yep. coal mine of their self, it's going to be that, and no one should get in the way of that. You should, it's, in fact, it's, I think it's, it's, it's really not cool to get in the way of that. Let them do it on their own, in their own way, and respect mm-hmm. what they're going through, even if it's not palatable to you. It's not your job. But some people, man, they're ready. Yeah. They're they just ready. need that push, that yeah. one thing that say, that's the way out of the maze. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and those are the people who like, you know, some folks have gotten good at recognizing them and, and or you should be good at recognizing it in yourself. You're like, fuck, I'm ready for this. And then that's why they call this a practice, which is the reason if, if now if you're out of the depression and I'm not recommending meditation for mm-hmm. anyone other than me, I'm just this helps me. Sure. But right now, if you're out of the depression and you start doing like a little bit of mindfulness practice, what are you practicing for? Mm-hmm. You're practicing so that when you get back there again and you're all lost and you've gotten all foggy and you've forgotten about the whatever and you're lost, suddenly you'll, this thing will happen where you, where you go, oh, my breath. Oh, I'm going I'm, mm-hmm. I'm to I'm gonna follow my breath for a second. Oh, wait, I'm back. Oh, shit, I was gone. Whoa, I was mm. gone for a fucking month. Holy shit, I was gone for eight hours. I was completely gone. I was up in my head. Sure. I didn't want to be where I was at. I wanted something. I was, I was lost. I was gone. And that, those moments of like coming back into this beautiful world, when you've been off in your like simulated holographic, jumbled confused swirly mess of memories or uh, thinking about the future or worrying about the lump on your fucking head that you got to go to the doctor all the fi- all the things those moments of coming back into this are become really sweet it becomes really really sweet when you start realizing like wait a minute i keep coming back here and that's fucking great man i i uh, had this dream it was the coolest fucking dream i was in some theater big weird theater and like i look behind me and there's this dude sitting there that looked like the dalai lama but he was kind of in disguise or something but he's definitely a monk i'm like is that the fucking dalai lama and then like i guess this buddhist stuff's been getting in my head or something but then something starts demonstrating to me he's like hey check this look what it feels like when you stop resisting Mm -hmm. as much as you've been resisting every single thing i just want to show you here's kind of what it would feel like if you just stopped resisting what came your way uh, or if you stop being ad, uh, ad, ad, if you start, if you stopped fighting against what's happening, and in the dream, for like, I don't know, twenty seconds, thirty seconds, it was like what you. It's like the vest thing. It's like suddenly somebody just took off mm-hmm. a six hundred pound vest, and it was the sweetest, most liberating, free, incredible. And it wasn't like my external situation changed. Yeah, yeah. It was just like. The stuff that was happening, I was just like in the in that instead mm-hmm. of pushing it away, and that's a big relief for me is to like stop fighting whatever the moment is because that's an unwinnable war. 
and and a lot of it right now you're doing through meditation how, how often do you do it how long like give me the the basics of uh Medita- your, yeah, it's your like, meditative practice oh my god it's like i i just did so i just did this class with nick turn and then it's like i haven't done it in like a few days since then and still i'm feeling the effects uh, not that you're feeling the effects so when i'm doing it uh well i am doing it now mm-hmm. i'm just not doing it well and um and it's important to do it well. That's the other cool thing about this lineage is it's a practicing lineage, yeah. which means that it's like it's not a this is not a um uh this is not philosophical. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you do it. That's yeah, it. It's you a do, practice. You do it. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, when you're doing it, it's like five <clears throat> five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um twenty minutes a day. You could do 10 if you don't want to do 20. Yeah, come on. It's like that's like the smallest possible investment one could make to one's well-being. It's not exactly a shitload of time. No. Yeah. I mean, but the, it's, it isn't. And it's, that makes it that much more hilarious when you're not doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and, but then the other part of it is like don't, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's, I, I get it completely. But still, we're talking about something that if you have any will whatsoever, you can do. You know, if you if you want it in any way, shape or form, it's totally doable. It's not like, oh, you know what? You need to put two hours a day. It's like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can find two hours in a, that kind of thing. You yeah. Know, we're talking about relatively small time investment. And you can, what will happen, or for me, what's happened is like the, 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 you start, you start, because this thing has happened where you begin to, like he did this, like in the class, he did this crazy like it was amazing like you know this is all i has all been worked out over two thousand years mm-hmm. like how to do it and, and evolved it's a i i hate using the term but it, it really is a, a kind of technology sure but you sort of like start out with just like following your breath but then he does these really cool there's other things that you can do with your awareness right so you can move your awareness from your breath to the visual field Right. So now instead of following your breath, it's like your breath in the visual field, mm-hmm. just like purely looking at like the visual field around you. And then like when the thinking happens, you thinking and then you go back to like watching. But then what starts happening or what happened for me is you begin to experience this. If you're like me and you've taken LSD for your entire life, you begin to experience this thing that you, your mind returns is like, wait, this is exactly like LSD. I right. feel like I'm tripping. Yeah. And not tripping because you're hallucinating, yeah, yeah, but, but tripping in the sense that it feels as though your identity is beginning to sort of dissolve mm-hmm. into this field of awareness. And that, um, yeah, I was I was talking to him about it and he told me the name. There's a name for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like he brushed it off or anything. He's like, yeah, that's that's like you can get into that expansive yeah. space, but that's not it. That's right. not what we're doing yeah, yeah, at this exactly. second. This is let's go back. That's still your mind yeah. again being like, whoa, I'm spreading into infinity. Okay, okay. Thinking. Now let's go back into that the moment again. And so but it the the because of like uh something about it, like, I don't know, it's really it, it does sort of begin to unravel it's basically like it feels like you're wearing a straight jacket and and somebody like pulled a thread on the straight jacket just enough right so that you can start like little, wriggling a yeah. little bit and it starts loosening and loosening and loosening but yeah five five times a week 20 minutes a day follow your breath 
find a class. I think taking a class is really smart totally. with this stuff, probably, you know. Speaking of uh, meditative practices, you ever experienced much with the whole Wim Hof idea, the Wim Hof method? The breathing and the freezing your yeah. ass off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I've, t you know, I've done like cold dips and really okay. like it. And like, right. I think there's something that like you find within that kind of like discomfort. That's pretty amazing. What about you? you been I, doing I haven't. That? No, I want to, because it sounds like kind of like, as far as meditative practice go, that's also an interesting one where you're playing with your breath. You're still doing that because ultimately that's where it all starts from but you apply it in a slightly different and i think it's like that something that's interesting right there is the ability to the basics are the same you know the goals are the same but the ways to go about it there's more than one way Absolutely. you experiment and you yeah. try what works for you because yeah i know people that wouldn't be called dead sitting on a pillow but like Wim Hof thing makes sense to them and so yes okay then yeah, that's your thing absolutely you use... yeah it's so important to find it right too. and i think that's the key is what works for one person or work, works for one person in one phase in their life may not be the same thing that works for the next person or even for yourself in a different phase yeah. of your life. And so it's like, keep experimenting, you know, and things like these where the experiment is not, you know, do it for a week and you just spend, what, 100 and probably 100 minutes doing it, five days a week yeah. for a week. Smallest time investment ever. Is it doing anything for you? Mm, yes, continue. Is it not doing anything for you? Okay, try another one. Try a different one. I know? think the, the 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 main thing is that if you're like me and you've heard people talk endlessly about there being some other experience of mm -hmm. reality that doesn't seem to be as terrified and heavy and freaked out and angry and spooky, then it, you might have rolled your eyes at that and been extremely skeptical about that and thought that's not that actually isn't I actually was talking to someone the other day and, and like she's miserable right now mm -hmm. and uh all I could tell her is like yeah 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 that that is how you're feeling now but it it truly doesn't have to be like that yeah like you don't have to like it, it there is actually a way to live that doesn't have to be so so rotten and the way to get there there's so many different paths and in fact there is no it's a process yep. so even to say there's a path that leads to this destination or that is ridiculous but there is the potential mm -hmm. for the light the lightening of your load and you know however you do that is to me it's like it, that that's part of the adventure yeah is is it's just the moment you decide to me, what really gets me into this stuff more than ever is when I actually think more in terms of like, how how is this going to help me help other people? Mm -hmm. And 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 how is this going to help me? Because, you know, everybody listening to this has either gone through the death of a parent or will go through the death of a parent. Mm -hmm. And if not the death of a parent, you're going to go through the death of a friend sure. or you're and, and if and, and and not not just that, but like at some point you're going to come into the company of someone who is really needing you to be fully there with them. Mm -hmm. And you you can help in this like incredible decentralized revolution that's how you can train yourself up. Yep. And to me, that gets me more excited about it than anything was, which is just realizing like, wait a minute, this really fuck me. Yeah. You know, 
please fuck me. <laughs> no, fuck, fuck, no, you, you know, you fuck me in the sense of like that. I can't. It's hard for me to get that excited about that. You know, it's gonna. It's hard for me to get that excited about that as much as like, wait, oh shit, oh shit. Like, I actually, this is real. Like, people mm-hmm. actually need our help in the yeah. world, big time. I yeah, mean, that's one of the things. Like, because once you become aware of how much suffering you go through in life then a lot of people just become asshole because it's like oh i've had it bad so i'm just gonna pass it on to everybody else yeah but the ones who don't do that then you become really understanding of where everybody comes from because it's like man i know all too well that feeling yes and it sucks yes and just because it's not me right now well uh, this person doesn't need to be there it's like if there's a way that i can do something to help them out why not that's it dude and it's like especially like this is one of the cool things about being an old dude balding fucking old getting these wrinkles you know like experiencing the pains of getting like an older body Mm -hmm. and like feeling like all the what i like and all the things like i've you know that have happened to me yeah it's like all that shit is just training yep and this this adds back to the imaginary story you can tell yourself which is instead of thinking about your life as a uh, some kind of accidental catastrophe. Imagine that you've actually been being secretly trained by uh, a super intelligence so that you can become a, an, an operative in this incredible thing that's happening. And so then you look, then the moment you just make that little shift and look back at like all the shit that happened to you and realize like, oh God, I was fantasizing that a Shaolin monk would come and take me to a temple where I would like yeah. have to like throw toothpicks through steel but it's like oh no brother this is way bigger than that a super intelligence wrapped around you in the form of your incarnation and produced a series of events in your life that have like made you who you are today and that you are going to use at some future point to transform somebody else to help in some way potentially to actually like stop a school shooting to stop a nuclear war maybe we don't know collectively what could happen so this fantasy is so fun to play around with because it's like suddenly your life stops being this meaningless never-ending spray of diarrhea out of the anus of some kind of dark chaotic being but actually becomes you realize like oh this has been an organized systematic training that has in some way or another giving me tools that I'm going to need to use at some point. And what happened was that because you right now listening to this podcast at one point got stuck and forgot all this and couldn't quite get out. And, you know, there have been a few efforts to try to wake you up. Didn't quite work out. Right now, the call has arrived through the sweet lesbian rasp of Drunken Trust. <laughs> wake up, man! <laughs> wake up! There's a revolution happening. We got to get going. Danielle, thank you so much thank for, you. for being on my show and letting me be on yours. Yeah, this is awesome. And especially because now, thanks to this, we have the wake up call for everybody. Right now, there are probably thousands of people who suddenly their third eye just opened and they're like, oh, I know Kung Fu. And now they are off in the universe trying to make the world a better place. Hare Krishna. Oi.
right, you're right. Your energy was down there. Uh, I don't must be getting old. Screw you. I'm also. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, um, let's give thanks before I forget with my old mind. It happens. Uh, to uh, say thank you to the sweet folks who have donated this month. Let the pottering begin. The good people are uh, Yanni or John. I think Yanni Linima. Yeah, I've no clue whether I came even close to pronounce it that correctly, but let's hope. Aaron Weisner, uh, Michael Gates, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Samuel McNichol, Jacqueline Cook, and Lisa Robles. Yeah, I think I... Eh, I wouldn't... I was going to say, I think I pulled it off. Probably not, but... Whatever. I thought they were great. I'm just still suffering with the embarrassment of the whole Harry Johnson thing. Uh, you should suffer. I apologize, Harry. <laughs> So we got, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Speaking of supporting us, huge, huge thank you this time to distillunion.com who have chosen to sponsor, I think for three episodes, if I'm not mistaken, which is a very, very sweet thing to do. These guys are a design company. They focus on making products that make life easier, which is always a very sweet concept. Specifically, some of their top selling ones are wallets, sunglasses, cases for your phone, things like that. Check them out. I gave a whole spiel at the beginning regarding the wallet. Um, might as well check out what you can use because really, I'm actually really intrigued by the wallet concept because I am like everybody laughs their ass off when they see me pulling out my wallet because it's like, it looks like a weapon. It looks like, yeah, I'm carrying, I'm literally It's like carrying having a, an anvil in your pocket. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, Even I realize that there's something a little silly about that. So I'm going to try out their design and see how I do with it because that may actually, you know, the only downside is that I will not no longer be supporting the massive muscles that I have thanks to carrying my but it causes lopsided 75 ass, you know? pound wallet. And one so leg is all massive, the other one is just you can't even out. Doesn't work, huh? Yeah. So it was that moment check, that I invented the center ass wallet. That's the way to do it. So check out these guys. They are they have been sweet to support us. So if you are in the market for wallets or phone cases or sunglasses, give them a try first. Their website is Distill Union DIS. T-I-L, the word union.com, enter promo code DRUNKEN for a 15% off. Uh, we'll put the links in the episode notes, but thank you very much to these guys. Also, thank you to our other sponsors, the usual trifecta, short design t-shirt. Well, we just had an episode with Duncan Trussell, so go to listen to Duncan doing... Those are literally the greatest ads in the history of ads, the ones that he has done for short design t-shirt. Nothing beats Duncan talking about short design. It's just too cool. Um, thank you also to Omnit.com for their awesome products. I had, I had somebody for the other day, for I was a guest on his podcast, and uh, he tried Alpha Brain for the first time. 20 minutes in, he was like, holy shit, this thing is working well. He was like, my brain is working at like twice my regular speed. So experiments, it's worth it. Just get one, you know what I mean? And if you don't like it, I think they still have that policy where you can just send it back and or uh, 
you know what? They even had a policy where you don't send it back. You just tell them send we don't like. Or? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't kept up with their current return policy, but it was extremely generous one. So if you're just thinking about it, give it a shot, give it a try. Why not? Um, and of course, that's Usara with some very cool hemp gear. There are some new designs that came out in brown now, as opposed to the classic black bags. But um, yeah, so check it out. With that, um, shout out to nevertapgear.com. Uh, they sponsor Savannah, which is always a very sweet concept, and they make knee braces. So if you work out and you want extra support, that's a cool idea. I'm going to give one last shot. I'm curious if any of you guys have tried or if you care in any way, shape, or form. Maybe let me know. That would be sweet. This company called cannaway.com. They make CBD oil. Um, the website is uh, knn away.com forward slash 2496006 again that's 2496006 check them out let me know if it interests you or not uh, we are not really sponsored by them we have kind of a very loose agreement but I just want to you know if you guys dig it I'll keep pushing them if you guys don't dig them I'll drop them so let me know I mean I enjoy the products but there's no point for me talking about it if you guys don't like it. So let me know what you guys think. That would be sweet. With that, anything else that we need to mention? That has to be enough. That is enough. Let's go. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-L-E-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh, man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people. Do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky.